Hello everybody, this is the Value Line Observer with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes. And I'm Vern Value. And we are 25-year Wall Street veterans. You've seen our faces on TV. You've seen us quoted in the newspaper. How long did you say? Uh, 25 years. I, I, that's misrepresenting things for me. I, I don't have that much experience. Okay. Well, I think our listeners can I mean, judge you're, for themselves. You're, you're, anyway, you're older uh, than I am. I know. I am, I'm a lot older than you. I'm more experienced. Mm -hmm. But the point to our listeners is we have uh, had to go underground uh, to give you our candor views. Our bosses would never allow us to do this. And so we've taken on secret identities, changed our names. Val Hughes is not my real name. Gone underground. And every week we kick back, look at Value Line that week, talk about a couple of our favorites, and frankly, uh, have a couple of drinks as well. So, And that may already be apparent to some of our listeners. Uh, anyway, this week we are going to look at uh, the May 11th, 2007th edition of the Value Line Investment Survey. Um, I'm going to be back at the back end of the show looking at – it's a big retail uh, week this week. I'm going to be looking at Federated Department Stores, page 1685, Cato, which for some reason that I couldn't explain to you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I don't – I've never been in one of these stores. I don't – and I've been in a lot of stores, so but it looks interesting to me. Uh, page seventeen twenty, and then K William K or C. It's a, it's C A T O. It's not like the old uh, Green Hornet Cato. Remember Rats. that guy? No. So Cato. You had me intrigued there. It's still Cato. It's still the name, my friend. So it's not the spelling that matters. Yeah, but now it's a think tank name or something. Like I don't know. That. I don't. You know, I'm just. I'm surprised. I've never is it seen a think this. Tank? Did a think tank go public? I'm a grown man, and I haven't been in. No, it's not a think tank. <laughs> it's a woman's apparel retailer. Jeez. I think, yeah, it's a think tank, and there's 1,200 of them around the country, and you've never been in one. What does that suggest to you, my friend? Uh, and then uh, William uh -oh. Sonoma. What my secret identity revealed? I know. I'm not a young female. William Sonoma. It's not. Our voices are not being morphed into young female voices, or from them, obviously. Okay. Well, just let me finish up. William the Sonoma, WSM. Uh, and I'll be back with those later in the show. But first, and I, I hogged the show a little bit last week, uh, but I want to make a couple disclosures. Well, this is for entertainment purposes only, and we know it's oftentimes not that entertaining. But we are attempting to be entertaining, at least to ourselves, and we've been doing this a long time, uh, but now we record it anyway. I'm usually entertained. I'm very entertained, and I think it may be the cocktails that helps with that. But this is the same professional advice we give to our uh, uh, clients during the week. It's just this is the weekend. It's entertaining. We've had a couple of cocktails. Uh, we just want to disclose that. This is just a hobby on weekends. Also, uh, we may uh, own these stocks. We try to own them. We are serious investors. We talk about things we would, in fact, own and oftentimes own. We disclose whether we own them or not. You can look at all the details on our website, www.thevalueguys.com. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to my colleague in, uh, in uh, I don't know, looking at stocks. That does, it's not a, I know it doesn't rhyme like yours do. But you anyway, prepare more. I, I have no time to do that. I barely have time to be here right now. Vern Value. Take it away, Vern. Thank you, Val. All right, go. Okay. Go. If you think we should just stop doing the show altogether, write into <laughs> us at thevalueguys.com. Honestly. Send us a, drop us a line, I mean, please. we're going to get a lot of mail on that one. Okay. Go. <laughs> my, uh, my favorite idea this week is Weight Watchers, symbol WTW. Um, I'm not sure I knew this was a public company. Founded in 1963, became publicly held in 1968. I knew it was public. But then 10 years later, uh, apparently Heinz bought it 
then bought in an LBO in 99 out of Heinz and IPO'd in 2001. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I'm with you. And the stock's I'm doubled on an absolute basis right from now. there. Um, okay. I've jotted all of that down. Leading provider of weight loss services, 28 countries worldwide, uh, although Value Line says their penetration of most markets is relatively low. 60% of revenues from collection, collecting meeting fees, 41, 40%, 41% from product sales. And something called the Artal Group owns 55% of the company. So I don't like that. But other than that, I think this is interesting. My idea here, my thesis is that um, you have the opportunity for accelerating organic growth. And Value Line has, uh, Value Line uh, is calculating the last five years' top line growth, compounding at 14%, calling for 13.5% going forward. Now, I, there's been some an event recently, and we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, Well, isn't there some the, kind of long-term theme here? There's a couple things going on here. One is uh, a greater appreciation for... Uh, uh, the uh, implications for long-term health of uh, excess weight, I mm-hmm. guess would be the way to put it, yeah. right? And, uh, I, you know, just take a stroll past a newsstand any day um, Just longevity. People want to long, you know, they want to live long. What do I have to do? Every magazine cover has something to do with What do I have to do to live a long time? What do I have to, and what do I have to do to lose weight? Right. Um, so it's becoming increasingly important. There's also a uh, can corporate you pass trend. the chocolate and the chips, please. There's by also the way. a cor- <laughs> there's also a corporate trend towards more active management of um, their employees to reduce health costs, personal yeah, health care practices, get more involved. And in Weight lifestyle. Watchers has become a partner of some corporations in um, you know subsidized subsidization of. So uh, really, this is kind of a healthcare idea, and not necessarily a retailing. Right, idea. exactly. You're in that trend, not the retailing. So trend. at forty-eight dollars, twenty-one times, um, I guess a two forty-five number that Value Line has for 07 up from 206. I'm looking at nothing but growth since they came public in 01. Revenue per share jumps in 06 to 07 goes up by about 40%. So there's something What's that's the happened balance here. There's an, in- an incremental billion dollars of long-term debt on the balance sheet. And so you'd say, well, they must have made a big acquisition. No mention of it in the write-up from Value Line. But they did apparently just do a some kind of modified Dutch auction, and shares outstanding is down by 20 million shares. Well, 20 million times $50 or close to the current stock price would be the billion dollars of debt. So, so they I don't know where the extra share. revenue comes from unless it's a change in the business model. They have rolled out some products apparently called, well, they call them commitment plans. Uh, uh, Weight Watchers are called Monthly Pass and Season Pass. So maybe and they're about, signing up subscriptions rather than selling individual products. And about 50% of dieters were on these programs in North America at the end of 2006. Subscription. And they're introducing them in other markets, and that's exactly what it is. And as they point out, dieters win because they have more invested and they right. tend to be more motivated. Like health club members. But they get the money up front, and they usually take the form of a self-renewing credit card charge with just a notification to the member. And then people don't come and their margin goes well, up. And you rely on yeah. guilt and I, I mean, they either you don't want them to want come to actually. It, yeah, they've already paid want to buy for it just so they feel like they're doing something. Right. There was also a change in the business uh, 03, 04. What had been operating margins in the mid-30s kind of went to the low-30s. 
Mm. Uh, but return on capital has been stable in a 30% range and is uh, forecast to continue to stay there. So it looks like they fought off somebody. Well, I like the that brand. That explains the Dutch auction, why you leverage the balance sheet. Um, there's a there, They have negative book equity now, okay? But uh, with about $175 million of interest expense, by my guesstimate, on their long-term debt, and the $24 million of rentals shown in the capital structure box by value line. I have about $200 million of obligations I need to satisfy. It looks like I have about $420 million of EBITDA. That's the operating margin times revenue. Uh, my enterprise value, market cap plus debt, $4.6 billion. It's still not super cheap, even with the stock down from, well, it's been fifty four fifty five at least as a high each of the last three years. So... Um, I, it looks like a very high-quality growth name that might even have faster growth than the market's looking for um, at a discount to historical valuations, even if a little pricey by value guy standards. But it's I like my, the brand uh, name, and that's I, And I powerful. like the, the idea of hooking up with uh, corporate subsidies. The other thing i throw out. Plans to uh, get employees to, you know, thin down. At, um, you know, with, with wealth growing around the world, you're going to have, you know, overweight Chinese and Indians. I mean, they have different cultures and all. But oh, and we haven't uh, even Japanese. Wait I mean, till we indoctrinate them that they're uh, into understanding that their entire self worth is wrapped up in what they look like. And once they understand, that, well, I read something be a huge where market for weight the, there's. A, I mean, this products. is unbelievable. So I mean, uh, that was a joke, of course. Well, I read something that's not it a was joke meant to be entertaining. Well, it, again, like oftentimes, it maybe was or wasn't. But uh, there, there, I, I, I'm going to eat a couple nuts here. Please do. I read a story where in, uh, I believe it was Japan, it could have been China, there's a procedure where if you want to be taller, they'll saw your legs, insert a metal bar to add two or three inches to your height, and then, you you know, all the muscles and all that stretch around it anyway. This is not a health show. I'm sorry to interrupt with that. What else do you have? And I'm eating. Why are you talking about something? Like I don't that? know. I have no okay, idea. My next how idea is Weight Watchers. Just what people will do to, to uh, you know, uh, slim down or be. It's something I've in never heard shape. of. And it's but a great brand. And it looks. As cheap. we've told you in the past, we, I, you know, I particularly like to troll the uh, five-rated stocks by value line, uh, because with their model, that usually means the stock is broken down pretty hard because of some kind of disappointment. There's often some interesting things to find there. I've never heard of this company. Um, so full disclosure, but uh, apparently a lot of people have. They market women's specialty apparel under their own label. With They have stores, coordinated assortments of exclusively designed sportswear, sweaters, dresses, 788 stores in 46 states, uh, located primarily in the Midwest and Pacific Northwest. I guess since I don't live in those places, that's why I've never heard of them. Um, officers and directors own 7% of the company. That's good. Wanger Asset owns 14%. T. Rowe, 10%. So I also am attracted to uh, uh, the caliber of uh, their long-term shareholders here. Um, and uh, what's happened? Well, they finished the year in disappointing fashion because according to Value Line, they appeared to lose touch with their audience. Now, Value Line's got 15 years of operating data here. So they've been around for a while. They lost touch with them. Too much dressy merchandise. Same store sales down 7%. Uh, earnings estimates cut. Inventory levels are up. Um, you know, it's not going to be a great year, okay? So the stock's down hard. Recently around $17. Uh, traded at 21 earlier this year, 31 last year. 
The highs have been above 20 for each of the last seven years. The high that year was at least $20, what I was saying. Actually, yeah. and only in 05 was it that week, and most years higher. So there's a range. Excuse me, a trading range for this stock that includes a lot higher stock prices. Uh, operating margin back in um, 2000 through 03 must have been a hot period fashion-wise for the company. They were earning tw better than 20% margins. Return on capital was in the 20s and 30s. More recently, the last three or four years, 13% operating margins, mid-teens return on capital. That's still pretty attractive. I can buy this for a 10 to 15% premium to the market. Pricing. Um, but Pricing it's only time. about um, – it's 10 or 11 times gross cash flow. Um, yeah. And with earnings growth having slowed fairly dramatically, so Value Line's not looking for much of a recovery here because they don't want to bet on a fashion-driven business having a rebound. But clearly there's a normalized earnings rate that's higher than what Value Line's calling for in their roughly dollar earnings estimate. So I'd say there's upside expectations here. Um, if they can just kind of clear out their inventory situation, well, it's their stores, so all you got to do is uh, eat it in the earnings this year, and you should be able to position yourself for next year. More interestingly to me, it says they're just launching an e-commerce business, selling on a website. Well, return welcome, on capital is getting to ready to party. come back. That's why return on capital has been depressed the last yeah, few years. Yeah, building that out. So they're a latecomer to that. Well, that's upside. I can buy this for less than nine times enterprise value to EBITDA. There's no debt here, and I have a couple dollars of share of excess cash on the balance sheet, so it's really more like a $15 stock that can earn over a dollar next year um, and probably less than 10 times cash flow. So um, I think you ought to take a close look at this, especially if you know more about it than I do. CBK, Christopher and Banks. And then the last one I thought I'd take a look at, really attracted to because of the very low statistical multiples here, um, and that's the auto dealer stocks. You ever heard of Group One Automotive? We studied that whole group last summer. We owned uh, oh, AutoZone. Something to, uh, to contribute yeah, here. Maybe. Well, AutoZone's the uh, parts business, isn't it? They have stores and. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. This is actually selling cars. These oh. are, uh, these are uh, groups of dealers. Group One Automotive symbols GPI recently forty one and a half dollars PE eleven, okay, um, gross cash flow five dollars a share forty one dollars stock so eight times cash flow, um, free cash flow I'm going to use the annual rentals that uh, Value Line showing which comes out to almost two and a half dollars a share so it's about thirteen times free cash flow. Um, it's about eight times on an enterprise value to EBITDA. These basis. are uh, auto dealers? These are auto dealers. They market and sell automotive products and service, new and used vehicles, related financing, maintenance and repair, replacement parts, warranty insurance. Is CarMax a public blah, company? Blah, blah. Well? Uh, yeah, but that's all. That's used, that's used cars no, only they sell, in super no, stores. No, they sell new cars. CarMax. It's, it trades for a significant premium to the market. I'm looking at the ones that are cheaper. Uh, this one is uh, 140 franchises, southern, northeastern, and western. So sounds like a generally favorable geographic mix. And they apparently specialize in luxury cars. So as Value Line says, their retail performance is better than the national average for virtually all the brands they carry. So they're doing better than their own brands at marketing them. And um, they're uh, uh, in a market that has struggled to see any growth 
um, their uh, luxury and imported vehicles, 74% of sales were up 8% from the year before. And they've been uh, making acquisitions abroad, apparently leveraging their uh, systems, right? It would be back offices where your economies would be, processing, mm -hmm. uh, sourcing the vehicles, disposing of them in auctions, the ones that don't sell, turn in a certain period of time, et cetera. Return on capital is sort of around 10% leveraged into uh, – uh, low mid teens uh, return on equity. Um, I don't think it grows super fast, but uh, well, car uh, sales aren't going to grow fast. One know, of the risks here in the background, out there yeah. buzzing around, that who knows if this is going to happen, is that you know how you can buy a like a shirt online. You can't really buy a car online, and state by state, these auto dealers have created regulations and. You know, it's kind of first come, first serve. The industries that got there first got the regulators and what have you. Like, it can't be open on Sunday and all this. And uh, these car dealers have apparently created a bit of a lock on the distribution channel. And that's all up for grabs in a evidently a government, state by state and even federal, that believes that, gee, why can't you buy a car online? And in a world where uh, U.S. automakers are having a lot of problems making a car and making a profit on that, uh, there's still a fair amount of profit in the in the you know business of selling a already built car to somebody who wants to buy it on that day. Yeah, so well, there's some what? risk there's, for internet sales. The profit and, isn't in uh, the dealer holding it on his lot and having a showroom and having salespeople there to hold your hand while you sit behind the wheel and take it for a test drive. But he'd be happy to be the delivery conduit and then serve as the obvious service point for the vehicle, which well, is going to require yeah, so, service. So there'll be, there'll, there'll be a oh, point yeah. of contact. I, there's, uh, there are economies that can come to this industry, I think, and help the returns significantly. These large dealers. Unless you bypass the dealer. And uh, I just brought up – the only reason I bring up AutoNation, symbol AN, is that it's about a point higher multiple on enterprise value to EBITDA basis. They're uh, they're in the Sun Belt, but they don't sound like they have quite the focused product strategy that Group One does. Return on capital uh, margins about the same, cash flow valuation about the same. Um, stock you know much closer to uh, recent and all time highs. Group One just uh, I like the uh, I like the opportunity for improving fundamentals next year as uh, the consumer goes through uh, you know reaction to the housing problem in this country this year. And uh, it's very cheap. You might have to wait for it to work, but uh, GPI, uh, like it better than AN, although both are interesting. So that's Great. what I had. I'm going to turn it over now to my eloquent partner. Oh, thank you. Val Hughes. But thank first, you very beverage much. Break. Beverage break. Beverage break. There you go. Clink. Clink. Okay. Yeah, okay. Mm. All right. Let's get right to work, ladies and gentlemen, because, frankly, I don't have a lot of time. Uh, it was an interesting week, a lot of retail, and I tend to look at some of these things like movie theaters. It's like, are they in good places? Is the popcorn good? Are the seats comfortable? Sometimes there's bad movies. It doesn't mean the theater's bad. You just have to wait for a good movie. And I think uh, some of these retailers kind of miss... You'll sell a lot of popcorn? You'll sell popcorn, but if my... I guess... I don't know if the analogy is uh, being picked up, but... If you're a retailer with low-cost distribution because you have a lot of stores and you have a brand that everybody knows so you don't have to spend as much on advertising or you're trusted, uh, there, people are going to be willing to say, hey, they missed that season. They're still going to come back to your store next week or next year in the next season, and you're going to have a shot to you know, sell all those people again. There was a time, this could be a case study for listeners. It's a long time ago, but Talbot's a great 
brand, in my opinion, longtime brand, founded in the 40s. They missed the fashion cycle for a year or so, maybe 10 years ago, and they were left for dead. I mean, my God, the customers kept coming. They fired the people that picked the bad stuff, just like you fire the director if he makes a bad movie, and they get a new, they get a new style, a new That's color. That's a kind of interesting-looking stock right now, too, by the way. Did you happen to look at it? Which one? Talbot's this week. I did not look at it this week. Apparently been beat up pretty bad after deciding to buy J. Jill. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I didn't look at it. I should. That's probably an interesting situation. Here's what I do have for you this week, ladies and gentlemen. Federated, ticker FD, page 1685. Uh, you know, you got to know Federated. It's Macy's and Bloomingdale's. They've done what's been in the works for a 100 years, which is to have a national department store, which is now Macy's. And uh, there's a fair number of Bloomingdale's around as well in, uh, in certain markets. And your certain Has the transition to the Macy's brand worked out okay in all their markets? Uh, no. No, it hasn't. And so, uh, but, you know, that's just something that happens over time. And I guess it gets to the point I was just making. They have economies of scale with regard to, uh, you know, costs from vendors because of their volumes. They have real estate advantages. They have uh, brand awareness advantages. They certainly have location advantages where they have the best location in every town in America now that was, you know, been there for 50 years. Uh, downtowns are resurgent. That's where they are in every market. It's going to take them a little while to train people that Macy's and Bloomingdale's are the brands, but, uh, you know, we know that in consumer electronics, Best Buy and Circuit City are the brands. So get used to it. It's not 1900 anymore. There's going to be just fewer brands around. My point is Federated is one of them. And uh, the uh, theme with this is really demographics, where the nation's getting older and richer. Um, and love shopping in department stores. These guys are increasingly getting some type of oligopoly or monopoly on the whole department store experience. When department stores first opened, uh, the you know elegance of a department store was a way to lure someone to not have to make it at home to buy it in the store. But now it's a little bit more of a treat in a world that's kind of self-serve everywhere else. And I, I think in a little bit of the way that. Disney World is, is, a, you know, is an entertainment. Some of these department stores uh, and the people they draw and the experience, is a there's a little bit of entertainment. Sure, you can go to Kohl's and get it cheaper, but you're not going to get waited on. You're not going to have nice uh, surroundings, etc. So there's a place for these guys, particularly in a world that's getting richer. And, uh, and so uh, I'm, I'm a fan of, of their space. They've been doing well recently. Their margins have been getting you know, a little bit better the last couple of years. I'm attracted to the valuation. It's seven times gross cash flow right now. Uh, debt to cap is 39%. That's not too bad. It's trading at a discount to the market PE at 91% uh, of the um, market multiple. They look like they have recently instated a big share buyback, so they're generating some free cash now and buying back stock. Uh, their uh, their long-term debt situation has gotten high because of the acquisition of... Uh, of uh, May uh, in 05, but they're paying that down as well. You would like a little bit better balance sheet here. They've got a couple of bucks a share in cash, but the theme is really uh, economies of scale in the department store industry. Uh, they've got increasingly high uh, you know, mar market share. That's going to drive returns, and, and they're selling at a discount to the market. So I like Federated FD. Uh, what else? Cato. This one sounds just like that Christopher and Banks, Vern, that you just talked about. Yeah. I, In I've, what regard? 
Well, A, I've never heard of it, for one, as I was saying. Uh, But it's also, it's a women's apparel, fashion apparel, specialty retailer that's in, you know, having a little bit of a tough time. They have 1,244 women's fashion stores in the southeast, which, you know, there's a culture there, right? They sell primarily private label. So that tells me they're a purveyor of culture in that region. It's mostly private label, so they're very well trusted as a as sort of a fashion, uh, you know, guide. Um, their returns on capital have been consistently in the mid to upper teens, and they're at the high end of that range now. They have zero debt. I don't know what brand they go under in terms of what store, what labels on the store, but maybe it's Cato. You know, I don't know. I really don't. Now, Royce and Associates, a very well-regarded value buyer, owns eight uh, percent of the common. LSV. What's, what's the market cap of the stock? It's seven hundred million. It's a oh, small cap name. Small. Okay. Value Line predicts nearly fifteen percent earnings growth the next five years, and that's probably um, related to their commitment to square footage growth. Well, no, well. you know when you look at a retailer, there's two things happening. One is how many square feet are you adding, and the other thing is how much sales per foot are you, you getting. Sell anything. So, you know, some retailers grow, they keep adding stores. Some grow by not adding any stores but selling more stuff in the stores they have. Um, these guys are growing stores, it looks like, at a uh, about a 6 or 7% rate, and that's the kind of rate that I think would probably be sustainable. They've got a lot of the country they can still go to, so if they have a model that's working, you like seeing that. It's a model that's working. They can expand beyond their roots. They have economies of scale, know-how in logistics. Uh, given their uh, gross margin here, I'm a little surprised. How do, you know, how do you know how fast the stores are growing? Because they give me the number of stores. They do? And I can do the division. I've got a division machine over here. On, a, on an annual basis? Number of stores, yeah. How no, come I, how come right I don't here. have that for? I don't know. Write a letter, you know? What can I tell you? Uh, now, these guys are posting a gross what, what margin. What do I have that you don't have? What do you mean? On the data? No, I think it's weird that we have. I mean, this is a retailer, too. Yeah, I don't know. I think you have a legitimate point there, uh, Vern. Oh, wait. No, it does have number of stores. Oh, okay. I just missed it. Yeah, good. Well, I'm glad all the (laughs) listeners are now in on that. All right. Anyway, these guys have a 36%. entertaining. You know, that's a good point. Who cares? Just be entertained. All right. 36% gross margin at Cato. Which is not that great. Uh, for example, Federated has a, a 46% gross margin. So that's not that great. But the return on capital at Cato is 17. Return on capital at Federated is 8. I didn't say that earlier. Part of my argument there is that it, that keeps getting better, uh, although they're still pretty attractively priced. So what's Cato got going on here with that kind of lower margin, higher return? It means they've got to be extremely efficient Whatever it is they're doing, and I don't know. I'm going to be looking at this. I do not own this, and I don't own Federated, but this is extremely intriguing to me. Or the capital base has been impaired for some reason. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Well, no. There's no debt. Zero debt. The calculation can lie. Yeah, it must be. What has book equity done over the last five years? You don't. Uh, it's, let's see here. If they, if I have an equity number, it's just, uh, it's done nothing but go up. There's no disruptions. There was some type of, it looks like a big buyback in 03. They took the share count down. They obviously bought over book. Everything sells over book. And when you do that mathematically, your value per book goes, you know, per, your book value goes down. Mm-hmm. But uh, since 03, nothing. Book, you know, equity is growing nicely. Since 03, but 
they did some they they changed the relationship as recently as 03. Yes, sir, they did do yes, that. Okay. If there's still a mathematical formula that somewhere between gross margin and return on capital is a damn efficient <laughs> machine on cost per asset base, and that's what I'm commenting Just on. They testing your thesis. Yeah, they have systems here. Systems that have to be really pretty, uh, you know, amazing, and I don't know what they are. Impossible. I don't know. What's Mr. Christopher and Banks' gross Mr. margin? Mr. Hughes. Mr. Hughes. Uh, I don't know. It's no, right there on the uh, page. Operating Mr. Margin. Phelps. Mr. Mr. Phelps. Phelps. God damn it. Anyway, if and we have anyone even on the Val table, Phelps. They have a 41% no, gross have, margin. And I don't know why these guys are, but this is very interesting to me. Anyway, Cato, CTR, uh, net cash positive, $4 a share in cash on a $22 stock price. That's pretty impressive. Same store sales going up. They're adding stores. They somehow have this niche, which looks a little bit cultural, like they're ingrained into the sort of fashion police of the region. Uh, you also get a little bit of a yield here, 2.7%. And it's cheap, move cheap, along, cheap. Move along, move <coughs> along. Cato, excuse me. And finally, William Sonoma, ticker WSM, page uh, 1771. Of course, they not only have the William Sonoma stores that you see, but they have the Pottery Barn stores. <coughs> and they and are... catalogs. Correct, But maybe correct. we were going to talk about that. I was. Actually, thanks for pointing and it out. And their websites... You're probably going to talk about that, too. I was. I was. I hope I didn't uh, steal your thunder. No, but, uh, you know, let's just uh, let's look at here what's going on with Williams-Sonoma. <laughs> they are one of the leading purveyors of sort of home fashion uh, in America now, and the key to them is they do it at low cost. So the theme here is low cost, and they kind of, you know, give you the okay on fashion in case you're, you know, you go into a big warehouse, you buy the wrong thing, and all your friends think you're an idiot. If you buy it in Pottery Barn, you probably think it's okay. Now, they've lost a little bit of their fashion sort of, you know, compass here in the last few years. Had a couple of stumbles. Uh, but they're still managing returns on capital. They're in the mid-teens. They have also very little debt, 1% debt. And you can buy it here at nine times gross cash flow, which is an all-time low. And on a uh, net cash flow, you know, I don't know. We've talked about this. They don't give the uh, CapEx here. But uh, it's trading at just a little bit of a premium. And the reason I'm willing to pay that is I think you have an industry here that's still somewhat consolidating. It's not like the Home Depot Lowe's thing where those guys can't gain any more share. Uh, these guys are still gaining share a little bit with their catalogs particularly they have the science that helps them continue to gain share and acquire customers at the low cost uh, and I think that'll continue there's been a little yeah, bit of isn't a, this kind of discretionary for an economy where consumer spending slowing is slowing down well if you're gonna market time then you know you would try to pick the right time when you thought their stock price was gonna go up for sure and do it then uh, and that might be a time when you weren't facing ongoing uh, sluggishness in, in housing. So um, most, you know, common sense would say to pass on this. And, in fact, last fall this has come up time and time, and I have been passing on it uh, because even last fall it was over-inventoried, et cetera. But this thing was trading at 45 in the high. It's now 35. You know, there are okay. people that think that okay. uh, the ho the worst of the housing is over. I happen to be one of them. There are free markets for house 
you know, prices, lumber, gypsum, etc. So these things tend to work themselves out quickly when there are efficient markets, and I think the, the stock market pundits sort of forget that. So uh, unless we're heading into a recession, which we will end up having one, and these stocks will go down, that'll just be a buying opportunity. But the thing I like about Sonoma is they're a low-cost provider. That always wins. It particularly wins in a downturn. Uh, so you can be comfortable buying more. That's their core competency here. It's something that will endure even a downturn. And in terms of fashion, they have the science to figure out what fashion people you know, want. And it's at a price that's pretty affordable. Um, they, uh, what else here? I mean, uh, look. William Sonoma. William Sonoma. What else can I tell you? Dialine says here 8% earnings growth. I think that's low. I really do. These guys can grow a little bit faster than that. And I believe they will. The only issue here is CEO Howard Lester is He's really the one that you can credit for building this thing out. Um, and now he's getting on there. He's about 70. He really needs to – he has some succession issues. They've had a series of, you know, potential uh, successors that haven't worked out. So that's an issue. But these guys have the science, the low cost. I think it's a good buy here. WSM, William Sonoma. And, uh, Vern, that's all I have this week. That's uh, Val Hughes. Uh, joining us this week. This is Vern Val Hughes saying uh, we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody.